Hey! Hi, this is Dr. Christine. And Dr. Colin. And we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love, Love Scrubs, Scrubs, and Stories, where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs, and the stethoscopes. Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience, and triumphs. And we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And, and we, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing, seeing you inside. inside. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Love, Scrubs, and Stories podcast. We're so excited to have you here. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christine Wen, and I'm here with me by the amazing, the chef doc, Dr. Colin Zhu. And we, on this podcast, what do we talk about? We talk about dating and relationships from the perspective of our our amazing audience, you, the healthcare professionals, if this is your first time tuning in, don't forget to subscribe to this channel, hit the bell, give us a rating, a review, share this episode with others that you think would be interested as well. So Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm super, super stoked about today's episode and the topics that you know lay ahead. Obviously, this is a channel for our uh, healthcare professionals or you know associated and related to it. But it's not just for single people. It's also for committed folks as well. And I think there's so many different things that we can talk about. One of the things that I came across not too long ago, Christine, just. Uh, I think a year ago, I wish I knew this many, many years ago, was something called the attachment theory or the attachment style in relation to dating and relationships. Have you heard about it? And, you know, what has been your thoughts with it? Oh, my God. Yeah, that is so important. I actually just learned about it myself probably about, I would say about two and a half years ago. And, you know, one of our our friends, you know, shout out to Sahara, like had mentioned the book, The Attached by uh, Amir Levine. And it's a really quick read. And it's it's just such an important read, book that I feel like everyone should read. And it really like shed light on like a lot of the things that, you know, some of the confusion of like, of like, with, you know, relationships and how we, you know, react to people and how do we select our partners and how do we respond to our partners and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So what, what were your thoughts on the book, Colin? I, uh, I absolutely loved it. You know, when I, when you learn about the love languages, obviously, it's a, you know, popular worldwide phenomenon, there's quizzes here <laughs> yeah. and there and all that. I definitely want that same respect for the, you know, the attachment theory. I read the book as well. I, you know, took the quiz, and I just learned so much about myself. And I think, you know, something along the lines of these episodes that we've been talking about, the more that you are in tune and self aware, committed to yourself, being that partner that you want to ultimately attract, you know, is so, so key, right? That self-reflective, that introspective, you know, process and having that uh, knowledge and education in terms of the attachment theory goes way, you know, goes such a, you know, a long way and ultimately gives you so many insights in terms of how you were brought up, how you were raised. You know, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it for people, but, you know, we're definitely going to talk about that a little bit with our guests. But yeah, I mean, what, what did, what did you learn ultimately, you know, for you? Yeah. So I took the quiz like everyone did. I think I wasn't too surprised. You know, I think I'm definitely would veer more on the anxious side. But then it was also interesting where like if you retook it again, you, you know, and or in a different phase, you know, like another relationship, you would get 
perhaps a different answer. And so, and I think in a way it was like reassuring, right? Because it just comes to show how important partner selection is, you know, which I think is very, you know, crucial to our conversation today with our guest who, you know, is uh, very much in this space and can guide us in this realm. So I did take it again. And, and in that instance, I was, you know, secure. And so it really comes to show that, you know, you don't have to be like, it doesn't have to like being like anxious or being an avoidment, avoidant attachment style doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing. But I think sometimes I think certain individuals and partners like bring out certain things in you and it may perhaps like trigger something in your mm-hmm. past that, you know, cause you to respond a different way. But if you were a secure partner, then perhaps you can, you know, also maybe like your nervous system calms down and you become a little more secure yourself. And so I thought that was really interesting. But I think most of us have a tendency to be, you know, in one of those buckets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I've learned from it was that relatively about 50% is secure and, you know, roughly 25 anxious, 25 avoidant. And I think there's like a fourth category as well. And my biggest takeaway was understanding which category you, you know, majorly fit in, but also, you know, it's interesting how you can, I think this is what you mean, like you you can actually transform into like another attachment, you know, uh, style is what I gleaned from it, which is interesting, because depending on the person that you're with, either can enhance that style or actually, you know, help you kind of move into something else. So very, very fascinating. I mean, you know, I have no therapy background, so I'm really interested. Our guest does. So, you know, be interested to kind of see like what, you know, uh, what she thinks. So any, uh, any other thoughts before we bring her on? Yeah, I mean, this again, once again, highlights the importance of, you know, partner selection, right? Because like finding your partner is, you know, I think there people have said that it may be like the most decision that you'll make in your lifetime, you know, Um, it can affect your obviously your, you know, your health, your wealth, your sanity. And also just right as as you can, we just talked about, right? And with the attachment styles and how it can affect us like very much on a day to day, minute to minute, perhaps, you know, if it gets to be to that degree basis. So, yeah. so it's so, you know, it's so important that we accurately vet our partners, really think about, you know, obviously, you know, you got to know yourself and you got to know like what are those qualities that you're looking for in our partnership yeah. and, and how to like navigate, you know, once you know, the dating world and also the world of, you know, being in a relationship, right. Cause it doesn't, you know, it's not like game over who, Hey, I found my person, you know? Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's really the long game, right? I mean, I like to use running analogies and I, you know, I just like to apply everything to a marathon. So it's like, That's you know, perfect. you're really out there, you're really out there by mm-hmm. yourself and you're really just like in your own lane. And sometimes, you know, you're looking left, you're looking right and you know, there's no one there. So a lot of times it's that self game, you know, but when you're with someone it's okay. How do I continuously pass the baton back and forth, right? You know, on this marathon together. So, but yeah, I'm excited to bring her on. What do you think? Let's do that. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. So, so we're going to bring on uh, Becca Klein. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's um, in clinical rehabilitation and mental health counseling. She's also a dating coach and she uses a mix of empathy, strong intuition, clinical training. And she does this to ensure her clients that they're able to self-reflect and improve their dating lives. And she's really uh, excellent into helping these individuals find unhelpful patterns 
and dating, and she works with them to really, really implement small but also effective changes. And she also is a therapist in her own private practice. She does a lot of contract work. She has done matchmaking um, as well to be able to help navigate and help her clients figure out exactly what they need in a relationship and a partner. She's also uh, a dating coach for couples as well. And it's really her direct communication and deep understanding that makes her such a great trifecta, <laughs> I would say. So mm-hmm. So without further ado, please welcome Becca. Hey, Becca. Hi, Hi Becca. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. Welcome. Welcome. We are so excited to finally have you on. And yeah. I've heard such amazing things about you, you know, from Colin and, and just like just started, you know, following you and binging on your amazing content. And, and I was like, she's perfect. Let's yeah, definitely. We'll have to have her on. So Aww, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having me. It's, it's so exciting to be here and, and to be talking about this. So Becca, I, I'm going to orient the audience a little bit and, you know, you've done, you know, matchmaking, you're a dating coach, and then you also wear the hat of a therapist. So does that, you know, does that, is that too much for the brain to handle? Or do you feel like they, it actually like enhances one another? <laughs> yeah. So I actually have stepped away from being a therapist a bit. I had a former private practice as a therapist where I focused on trauma and then went into matchmaking. And now I operate solely as a date coach, both with individuals and with couples. So it's kind of cleared the lines for me a little bit. It still took a while to organize for myself of what my lane is specifically, but I think it's such a beautiful blend of all of my past trainings, all of my past work experiences that I now of have this clear goal of helping individuals and couples just gain, you know, connection and fulfillment in their relationships and really just to be able to maintain that connection. I love what you said, Christine, about how it's not like you get in this relationship and then it's like, whoa, like game over. We found our match. It's like such an ongoing process based on, you know, certain life events and where we are personally and as a couple. So you know, my goal is always connection, whether it's just with individuals or with couples. But yeah, right now in my private practice, I operate as a coach. So first question I would love to ask is, when someone is out there trying to find their partner, right, so many things come come into play, you know, whether they're ready, right, understanding, you know, what they want, or what they prefer, (laughs) versus quote, unquote, what they need, right, I would love to kind of get your take on that. How do you even start you know, with someone in terms of asking the right questions in terms of whether to assess from your lens, whether they're ready. And then if they're ready, how can they set them up? How can you set them up for success in terms of attracting that correct partner? Yeah, great question. So the first thing I ask most of my clients is what are you looking for, both in a partner, but in a partnership? So, you know, we date for all different types of reasons. I think when we think of dating, we think it's solely to find our life partner. Some people want to gain more experience. Some people want to still find out what they're looking for. So I really get clear on what my client is looking for in a partner and a partnership. Once I have that answer, I really try to dive deep into where they feel most stuck in dating. So I've broken dating down into three stages for myself. The first one being getting on a first date. So how do you go from meeting somebody or being on the apps to actually getting on that first date? The second stage being dates one through five, where I call it the vibe check. So it's like, how do we vet for compatibility? How are we showing up ourselves? How are we approaching these dates? And then the last stage is 
state dates five and beyond, which is more, you know, exclusivity. This is often where attachment style comes into play, can get in our way or help us. And, you know, some bigger communication styles. So, you know, with that being said, I try to kind of see where my client feels most stuck. Usually my clients can identify one of those three stages where they're continually feeling stuck or not getting past that. And then I kind of explore any patterns of behavior or thought process that's contributing to this feeling of being stuck, whether it's not being intentional about the values they're writing for, being attracted to the wrong attachment style, and it's not putting them in the right position to connect, or some, you know, beliefs about dating or themselves that keeps them from, from, you know, getting closer to somebody. So that's kind of how I approach my initial process. And then through that, you know, usually we start to get more and more information about what might be getting in the way of getting my client to where they want to be. Yeah, I really love that how you, you know, laid that all out. And it's it really is important to like, evaluate what the roadblocks are, is what you're saying, right? Because otherwise, how do we move forward one because one is like just recognizing and acknowledging it because sometimes I think that we're not always so honest with ourselves, you know, as much as we want to be. And so I think it's really good to like talk about it, you know, and, and, you know, having you as the expert to help guide us in that process. So let's say you identify, you know, the roadblocks and, you know, you have an action plan. How do we go about in like, in your opinion, like vetting for the qualities that you want, like in a partnership early on? What do you think? Great question. So to even backtrack a little bit further, oftentimes when I ask my clients what they're looking for, it's kind of like this vague list of like, would like to have deal breaker must haves that may or may not actually impact long term fulfillment in a relationship. So first, it's really like, take your list of things that you're looking for in a partner and ask yourself with each single item on that list, why? Why is this important to me? So I get a lot of level of education, income, the way that they were raised, interest in having a family. So some of these are going to be pretty straightforward. You want kids or you don't. You want to raise your kids with a religious background or it doesn't matter. You know, Some of them are going to be a little bit murkier and more ambiguous level of education. Why is that important to you? How does education and intellectual conversation connect you with the people in your life right now? And what some of my clients find is maybe that's not as high up on the priority list or, oh, this is really important to me because it was used as a way to build connection in my family of origin. We really cared about learning new things together, building new things together, right? So through asking why, we get to values as as opposed to kind of symptoms that we can look for early on on dates. Now, once we have that set of really clear values, what I tell my clients is think about how that would look or what that would sound like in the first five dates. So, you know, ask questions that are open-ended and allow for storytelling because that often allows us to get a little bit more to values as opposed to just factual information. An example being, what do you do for work versus what led you to your line of work? When you ask what led you to your line of work, you're going to get a clear idea of what motivates this person, what drives them, but also their emotional relationship to their work. And all of those things will either connect us to them or make us feel a little bit further from them. And so that's how you kind of take a values-based approach to dating is really like asking these questions that elicit stories and emotions to understand what motivates and drives this person and if they're aligned with what you feel and how you live your life. Because that's going to 
much more predict compatibility than, oh, we work in a similar field, or we enjoy the same hobby, or we both are early morning risers as opposed to, you know, night owls, which could change throughout time, but also doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happier and happy with this person. The Loves, Girls, and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance. The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available, whether you prefer one-on-one or group-type settings. Please go now to your app store, as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free. White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the U.S. and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download and join our vibrant community. As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content. Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost. So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians. If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content. We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Being that, you know, we're in the healthcare, you know, professional field and realm, I could, and Christine can probably, you know, concur with me is that, you know, as healthcare professionals, all the different things we've accumulated, experienced, got trained for, studied for, and then, you know, work our butts for, I kind of observe that sometimes we kind of get in our own way. And we kind of, you know, you know, get ourselves, you know, in these stuck, you know, situations. My question to you is that what are some common, are there common patterns or threads of people getting themselves in their own ways? And from your observations, from the different experiences that you've had, and, and I would like to know your insights into like why that is, you know, why do we get our, you know, in our own way? And because a lot of times, from my opinion, sometimes that prevents us from really attracting that potential correct partner for ourselves is sometimes we just get in our own way. I'm just curious on why. Yeah, it can be different for different reasons. I would say, you know, the two main reasons I find people getting in their own way, one out of self-protection, you know, whether it's subconscious or conscious, we you know, especially in such a vulnerable situation like dating, there's no other area in life where we're meeting a new person and asking them to assess if we could be their life partner. It's a very vulnerable experience. So we tend to protect ourselves from getting hurt, from feeling insecure, from being too judged by this person. So we can get in our own way in in that way in terms of 
protection. And the other way is I think that, you know, to be honest with dating app culture and since COVID and just with how busy life is for everybody right now, we really want to organize information and come to conclusions much faster than ever. And so we're taking a lot of sound bites of information and creating large meaning about what that means about that person. And if we can be compatible with them right away, instead of really leaning in and slowing the process down and taking time to learn, you know, this person said something that doesn't resonate with me, but let me see how they got to that situation. Let me see what their thought process is behind that. Let me lean into my judgment instead of kind of forming an opinion so quickly. So I would say those are the two biggest roadblocks I see. And in terms of, you know, healthcare professionals in general, you guys are some of my favorite clients because I always say like, you already have this natural superpower where you probably intuitively before you even started your training, but then on top of it with your training, you have an ability to look at a patient or someone standing in front of you and see them kind of in a holistic way. You're assessing for body language, tone, affect what they're reporting to you. So many different parts, right? And that's actually so helpful in dating. I think the way that healthcare professionals in particular can get in their own way is again, like that quick assessment snapshot and then coming to a conclusion instead of leaning into the more emotional piece of, let me explore this a little bit more. Let me get a little bit deeper here. And also, how am I feeling on this date? What are they bringing out in me that I'm enjoying or not enjoying? And using that as a compass as well. Wow, Becca, I really loved all that you said. It's it's really incredible. So yes, I, I would agree that, you know, especially for me, uh, it's so quick to rule people out. And so we're busy and we just like sometimes like, oh, like one little could be something minor, you know, and you're like, no, that's not going to work, you know, negative mindset, obviously that I need to like, you know, fix every now and then and redirect myself. But also, I really loved that you were talking about just getting curious is essentially what you're saying, getting curious about, you know, the other person opening, I guess, maybe like asking those open ended questions, you know, to be able to enable, you know, to have like a dialogue that's a little bit more like you said, I loved it, the storytelling, like, can you give us some more examples of like, more open-ended type of questions because sometimes it feels like I don't know if it's me or or like uh, I'm not asking the right open-ended question because sometimes it does kind of feel like it's pulling teeth and maybe some people just take a little longer to like warm up and open up what do you think (laughs) yeah totally so there's definitely a couple different like go-to that I have in my bag of you know tricks of open-ended questions but again you want to kind of go back to your values like what are my core values and then how can I ask questions that would bring out those values. So for some people, travel is important. I ask, like, what's your travel style? I often think, you know, this might be silly, but I think the way that people travel tends to indicate the way that we like fantasize we could live our lives, you know, whether it's luxury or adventure or, you know, relaxing by a beach. So asking questions like that, that really get to like, how do you make the decisions in your life? What's something that you're really proud of that you've accomplished in your life recently? Or what's the scariest thing that you've done, but now you look back and you're so happy that you went through it, really? Questions like this that can seem kind of big, but really, like, if you take a lighthearted date approach, they can be playful, they can be fun, but still really get you to the root of who that person is. But for my, this also kind of comes up in my, I'm glad you brought this up, because with a lot of my healthcare providers, it comes up where it feels like you're carrying the weight of the conversation, because 
it's what you do day in and day out. You guys are people, you know, you work with people exclusively. So if you feel like you are continuously carrying the weight of the dates that you're on, you know, in terms of conversation, but emotionally, there's a couple tricks that you can do, you know, the first being like body language. So take a sip of cold water, take a step back in your seat, lower your shoulders and really like subconsciously indicate I'm stepping back from this dynamic, I invite you to step in and take over of the conversation. Another trick that I love to use, especially if banter is kind of your sense of humor anyways, and you and you have that style is kind of, you know, if you find that you've asked all the questions, and they're not asking questions back saying something as simple as like, well, my answer to that question, thanks for asking and being playful about it and joking around with it, right? Because I think it's important to joke about the awkwardness and the dynamics at play in dating. It's how we all kind of connect with each other. Like, hey, we're not going to do this perfectly. We don't know each other yet. We don't know what makes each other happy. Let's just be playful about this and joke with each other about, you know, what our preferences are. So those are two little tricks if you feel like you're kind of carrying the conversation and pulling teeth. It's kind of, you know, just Try to take a step back and see what happens with that space that's given in the dynamic. I really enjoy what you said about, you know, our current app culture. Personally, I've been using, you know, apps for many, many years, and I kind of feel like it's evolved to me, not in a positive way, but more in a negative way in which it's way more complex and way more complicated. When I talk to my, you know, extended family members, you know, my good friends from way back in the day and for the ones that have already met their partners and married and all that stuff and kind of listening to the stories of how they met, it was more organic, right? It was meeting in person or referred by a mutual friend or something, right? And, you know, being in that app culture and where the app culture is now, and I know Christine is in the, you know, in, in the midst of all this as well, is that it's just super complicated. And what you said about taking small bits of information, whether it's a picture, you know, you know, apps are doing these things where they have prompts, right? Or they're just like one liners, right? It, it's, you can't help but 99% of the time, do a quick judge and reaction and have this mental like, oh, the, this is this must be like who they are in general, as opposed to the reflexive back in the day where you actually have an organic conversation, you're taking more than one sense, you know, besides just relying on your visual sense in terms of reading body language, you're listening to their tone of voice, right? You're looking of how their body language and nonverbal cues are, and there's way more informational input, you know, to be able to, you know, really connect. And so is there, my question is, is that are there environments or is there an environment you can create where you are less distracted by I guess, just noise and distractions or, you know, just situations where you're not arriving really, really quickly to a conclusion about someone? Yeah, I love that question. I think the biggest thing that, you know, the dating apps has in a way taken away from us, like if we think about the origins, the intention was so good. It's to connect with people we otherwise wouldn't have run into in real life and to expand our network. But what it's kind of done throughout time is shrink our network and that people aren't meeting in person anymore. People aren't putting themselves out there anymore because it's not the norm of dating. So I think when it comes to like re-engaging those senses and putting yourself back out there where you can gather more information, it's like, first and foremost, provide containment for yourself on the dating apps that the app itself doesn't provide for us. So use it 10 to 30 minutes a day maximum. And your only goal on there is to swipe and to 
continue the conversations that you've already started. Like really use it for a purpose of connection and that's it. The other piece is like start re-engaging again in new connections in your day-to-day life. So, you know, when my clients tell me that they feel stuck in phase one, so I call it, which is not being able to get on many dates, I ask, my first question is, what is your lifestyle like? How often are you meeting new people? How often are you in environments where there could be new people? Oftentimes what I hear is never. I go to the same yoga class. I go to work and then I come home. I go to dinner with the same girlfriends every weekend, right? So it's even if you just start doing two new things a month by yourself and you don't even have to talk to anyone at first, like it's baby steps, right? Or, you know, go to a farmer's market and talk to the guy who's selling the local honey and not with the intention of dating him, but just to spark a new conversation. I think what we have to reestablish is the skill set of what it's like to connect with people in real life that we haven't met before for two reasons. A, to gain confidence in ourselves that we can have that skill set and then feel better about it in a dating capacity, but also because I think it recalibrates what the dating apps have done for us, which is quick snap judgments visually, right? Like we start to realize, oh, wow, there's so much more to this person. More often than not, you're going to meet someone in real life and then they're going to surprise you by their body language, their life story, what they know and are knowledgeable about. So it kind of like shifts us back into that old mentality of like, there's so much to learn about everyone. And until we really have encountered this person a few times, not even just on one date, there's just no way to know who they are and if they're a good partner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely have to be more patient for sure. But, you know, like it's no surprise aside from dating apps, which has, you know, certainly contributed to it. You know, many people like are getting burnout from dating and just feeling like really like dating is stressful, like dating is overwhelming, like even what you were talking about, Colin, right? In the good old days, you sort of answered that this question already, but I wanted to know if you wanted to add more, like how, how do you help like your clients like shift their perspective and rediscover the joy and the excitement of dating and making it fun and making it a fulfilling experience if you want to add more to that? Yeah. Well, first I look at what's burning them out. Oftentimes, to be honest, it's the apps, right? It's like, I'm giving so much and I'm not getting anything back in return. And that's what burnout is, is giving energy out and not feeling like you're receiving enough back in to replenish yourself continuously. So first I look at what's draining you the most in dating. And maybe we take a pause from that. Then I look at what is going to bring you joy. It might be scary. It might put you out on a limb, but what's going to bring you joy? Again, is it meeting somebody new? Is it trying a new coffee shop? Is it going to that tapas restaurant by yourself and just sitting for an hour and trying something new, you know? So I try to think of like, what's going to, and this is where my trauma therapy brain kind of kicks in. What's going to reignite your nervous system? Because really what we're looking at with burnout too, is like our nervous systems are starting to be depleted and we feel frazzled. And so any input that comes in, it just feels overwhelming. So anything that can bring us back up, replenish our nervous system, keep us grounded, but excited is something that we should pursue. And I also think it's really important, again, to go back to why am I dating right now? And what is considered a success for me in dating right now? So if we think that the only form of success for us is marriage, dating is going to be really painful. It's going to be really hard because it's only going to work one time, hopefully, right? Like we're only going to get married that one time. We're only going to find one person. So all other dating experiences is going to be really hard. If we say like, I want to go on 10 dates and try to learn something new and push myself out of my comfort zone on at least eight of those dates, then you're seeing 
goals that are being accomplished. You're feeling good about what you're putting out there. You feel like there's intentionality with dating. And I think that just gives us forward momentum to keep going. And what I call dating sustainably, which is like, you know, being able to date until we find our person, which for better or worse, we don't have a a timeline of exactly when that's going to happen. But the more joyful we can be in dating, the quicker we're, you know, likely to find our person. So I like that dating sustainably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think those two words would actually go together in a, in a sentence, but I know. you know, here I we are. I feel like very LA to my core when I say that, but you know, it's, it's I mean, you 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 merged them perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the but but the fatigue, the burnout is real. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, number one, there's already so much screen time that we do already. Yeah right? Beyond social media, you know, you work, right? You watch TV, you stream, you know, all these different things. So that's already one form of burnout. The second burnout is, you know, I think it's, you know, the app culture where you're not connecting, you're not communicating. My personal experience has been, you know, you match with someone and there's not this robust, you know, conversation. A lot of times it just feels one way, right? Either A, they're not, you know, looking at their apps or responding to their communication style or pattern is, you know, they just are not on their phone. And then, you know, three, you know, you, you know, they, maybe they lost interest. You have no idea. So my experience has been, you know, it's just a lot of, like you said, give, give, give. And when you don't receive as much, then you kind of just feel, you know, burnout. And I love what you said about, you know, taking the time out to really do the things that continue to ignite your fire and to make sure you fill your cup back up, you know, you know, doing that, you know, self-care. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's a crazy world out there, Becca. <laughs> it is a crazy world out it's there. Tough. It's tough. Yeah. It is very tough. Yeah. Dating is one of the hardest human experiences I think that we all go through, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just so hard now, it, it, especially in this time era. It's just way harder, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, like, my, my biggest piece of advice is, like, find those little goals. And even, like, as you guys were speaking about before I hopped on of, like, you know, it's really important to know yourself first. So with any new negative insight that you gain about yourself, use the next 10 dates to explore that part of yourself. And dating will feel a lot more fulfilling in that way in that, you know, it's not just about insight. It's about the action that you put into place after that insight. So, you know, I have a lot of, you know, clients who feel like when I'm on a date, like, you know, nobody matches my communication style or my needs very early on. Okay, well, let's work on how can you neutrally and kindly ask for those needs early on to see who can meet them. You know, maybe someone's texting you too much, say like, hey, I love connecting with you in person, but in between, it feels like you're moving at a faster pace than I am. I'd love if we could slow this down and continue to get to know each other more in person, right? Like, how can you start to take back ownership of your dating experience? Because it's highly unlikely someone's going to come in the perfect package that makes us feel warm and loved and seen right away. So it's kind of on us to give them that instruction manual of like, hey, here's how to best connect with me. I'm willing to hear how to best connect with you. And let's see if they line up. So, hey guys, what's going on? I hope that you guys are enjoying this episode. We felt that this episode is so important, so much fun, so engaging that we decided to split it up into two parts. So be sure to check back to part two of this episode. Yep. And it's going to be really worth your while. So we encourage you to hop on over and and check out the, the second half of this episode. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel. If you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have. Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs, please remember to love yourself and others and lead with kindness. Bye. Bye.